All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought. And today, Victor likes to prod me a little bit because he wants he wants a little bit of a ranting Ricks. And while I start out very calm and collected, he, he gets under my skin those questions and I just start talking and it just spirals out of control. It's, uh, it's an entertaining listen. But then we get a chance to bounce it back over to Victor where he has a little bit of a sneak peek as to some issues that may be going on in his workplace right now and what's to come. Oh man, you're, you're just going to have to keep listening to future episodes to find out how that unfolds. A ranting Ricks is what I wanted and a ranting Ricks is exactly what I got. <laughs> Very happy with the delivery of his most recent update in life. But yes, then we go ahead and we talk a little bit about weather. Just how strange the Midwest can be as well as adjusting to a new climate when you move. Uh, in addition to just the politics of hygiene, as Ricks said that John Stewart said. Something along the lines of, since when did washing hands and just being, you know, a cleanly person become a political issue? So, with that being said, episode number 142 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. I understand the frustration, um, but probably not as annoying as having to edit a podcast where the other person forgets to put in their headphones. Who? <laughs> not me. So oh, can... uh, Ray? Or, uh, no, no, no. Joe? Yeah, with, uh, with Joe's... <laughs> Joe, Joe, for some reason, and I actually, it, it was really weird, because he had made a comment right as we were starting, and we only had like a very small window, so I was more focused on, on getting the podcast started, but he mentioned something about, oh, you know, wh- why do we have to, why do we have to wear headphones? Uh, can, can we find a way not to wear headphones? And I thought that that was something like, oh, like, look into it, find a way that because we're going to try and simulcast on YouTube and Facebook, and he doesn't want to have headphones in, I guess, for some reason. I didn't understand. I think what he actually meant was, I'm not going to wear headphones this time. Why do I need to do that? So, <laughs> so I just, I start editing uh, last night just to get it prepped for Sunday, and it's like, oh, shit. Oh, this is not good. Because that's going to double or triple the time it takes just to, because... If I give a response or something like that, it, it sounds like I'm talking through a pocket. And it's just like... So I sent him this uh, this very passive-aggressive but nicely worded email because it was probably my fault that I didn't kind of pay attention that he didn't have anything in his ears. It's just like, okay, well, whatever. It It's still not out yet. I'm still putting the final touches on the, the editing. But it's... Yeah, yeah. Ver- various issues, man. So... I, I understand frustration. So do you want to update me on some of the various issues and frustrations you've experienced the last few days? Because I remember a few times we've tried to record and you're like, yeah, it's best that we actually didn't record because I'm just still, you know, livid from our meeting or from whatever. Well, I don't think it's, you know, <laughs> I the, the grin on your face makes it seem like you want me to do a ranting Ricks. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping for a, a ranting Ricks because you, as you had described it, an emotional black hole, I think is what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. I sent you that text yesterday where it's just, yeah, I feel this this emotional void where, um, obviously we talked about the whole church thing where Cass has decided to, to stay back on. And so we ended up having a, uh, like a, a Franciscan, uh, order of Franciscan servants meeting 
earlier this week, and I was hoping that it would be something constructive or or positive, and it was scheduled, you know, a couple of weeks in advance, and so I think it was on the behest of a bunch of us who literally were, were Franciscans, but we don't have any educational program set up, or we don't have any sort of... Um, community that we can kind of bounce ideas and and thoughts off of. So I think that was the the origins of the purpose for scheduling a meeting like this. And then we get on, and of course it's Cass who's leading the whole thing. So instead of a educational sermon, which there was a PowerPoint, there was a PowerPoint set up on the Zoom, uh, the share screen thing. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this. This will be great. It starts off, I get on, it's a 6.30 meeting or something like that, so I get on pretty much right at 6.30, like 6.29, and I guess a bunch of people had already been on, and they were already just talking about the slides, and it turns out that there was only that one slide that showed three different images of relics of the Franciscan order, so various, various historical figures, and that was it. That was the only slide, and we spent about maybe three or four minutes uh, heading into that as we were waiting for other people to join on. And then the next hour or so is literally just Cass talking about his own stuff. And it had nothing to do with the Franciscan meeting. And I'm just like, and still, still no progress on emails, no progress on institutional development. And it was just, I mean, it, it's not so much that I was infuriated or raging or anything like that. It's just depressing because we got to stick with this guy. Why now doesn't anybody do something so. about it? Why don't you guys get together and rise up and start a mutiny or just call him out in the middle of the meeting in a professional way? Is it absolutely necessary? Everybody spends their time listening to whatever subject that has no relevance to what it is that we're meeting about. You know, you'd think so. You'd think so. And I think in a normal institution, that probably would be the case. Unfortunately, all of us, except for Cass, have full-time jobs. And so, literally, the ministry that we do, we do out of love. We don't get any income from it. We don't, we're not able to sustain ourselves off of that. So we don't have the time to literally create an organization that he has all the time in the world to be able to build and is choosing not to. Like, he literally, all he does is part-time Uber drive. And other than that, like, nothing else. And yet he has done nothing to institutionally build this thing and it's like well if cast leaves literally there's nothing in place no one has the time or energy no one has any resource centralized resource to be able to even freaking emails like there's no email list so he leaves he has all the information and data with him so we're kind of it's kind of it's i remember having part of this conversation in a previous episode where you were describing all this to me and it's almost like, what's worse, putting up with what we're putting up with or starting completely from scratch with absolutely zero resources? Yeah. And it, I, I, do you remember what I told you? Do you remember what I told you? Remind me. Uh, you told me so many things. <laughs> in college, I had to write an essay as to why I wanted to be a part of this extracurricular program that was put on by the university. And, I failed to see the 
the little note where it says, write your answers in a Word document, copy and paste onto the website. I just wrote them in the website, hit submit, hit submit. The little thing is spinning, 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 spinning. Sorry, there was an error that occurred. Oh, by the way, all of your answers (laughs) that you spent a few hours on are now gone. So I had to rewrite the questions from memory. But when I rewrote them, I rewrote them with what I could remember, but then also I, I added things that I didn't have before, and my questions were the, relatively the same length, but it was a much more powerful response to each of the questions, and I thought to myself, man, that was a pain in the ass. I almost told myself, why? Why even bother? But I'm really happy that I did it, because then I was admitted to the program, and I did that every year before the school year started, the orientation thing, and it was one of my, that collection of memories as are one of the more fonder memories I have of being in college. So yeah, man, it's a pain in the ass. I recommend you guys just pull the trigger and do it because I mean, bro, it, it kind of feels like a hostage situation. It, it really does. It feels like, uh, he's got, he's got a spiritual gun to our heads more or less. That, <laughs> I mean, you could have a revolt, a but here's, here's, the, here's the crazy part though, is that, you know, there have been incremental progress, uh, in the way that the the organization is forming, because we started out where I was one of the the first people to jump on board, and I I feel like I talked to you a little bit about this in way way long ago when I was first joining the uh, Progressive Catholic Church to ordination, and literally there it was it was nothing. I mean, for me anyway. I mean, granted, I had already been ordained, so I no, I had some sort of basic theological training but when it came down to it they were just accepting people left and right you know you want to you want to be a priest in the progressive catholic church come on in we're gonna well let's ordain you oh you know like doesn't matter what your experience is you want to do spiritual they're just looking for anybody and the results of that were catastrophic in certain instances where because we were just opening the floodgates that certain people came in that uh, I, I think I've mentioned a little bit about uh, there was this one dude who ended up relapsing. Uh, he was oh, a drug no. addict. Ended I didn't up hear relapsing. that. Oh, yeah. No, that was a whole that was a whole weird thing where, oh, gosh, it was probably over a year ago, year and a half ago, where he had come in a couple of months after me. He was this he was I think he was homeless at the time, actually, um, former drug addict and just a weird dude overall. And, but he was like, oh, you know, he worked for the Red Cross, I think, um, doing a couple of things in between his drug binges. So that was kind of his, that was kind of his get into Catholic priesthood for free card that he played. (laughs) He ended up, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's just like that. And so it goes on and suddenly, you know, he is, uh, trying to take advantage of Joe's goodwill. And so Joe allow, you know, works out an arrangement with another priest who has a, a chapel with a rectory in the back where this guy could stay. Turns out that he started stealing from the church and not paying rent. And so they kicked him out and he sent, he, he sent this dude, Joe sent this dude to, uh, another church in Pennsylvania, hoping that, uh, stern talking to, and a, a final warning thing would be all that it would take. He did the exact same thing again when he went to the new church. Didn't pay his rent and was was taking stuff. And so, then he ends up posting this, like, rant about how Joe doesn't support him and all this on Facebook, like, shortly after. Because Joe got very upset that this dude, as I think most of us would, 
It's like, we're trusting you to do the right thing. We're giving you these opportunities, and you keep betraying the trust of not just the people who are taking you in, but the people who are facilitating that as well. And so, as a result, this dude ends up writing this, like, thesis-long thing on on not just (laughs) Facebook, but on this magnificent PCC Church Facebook thing that we have as well. So, everyone's seeing it. And he's like, I'm leaving leaving this church, and I'm going to go start my own. And he, like... It was it was insane, and everyone kind of went got super because a lot of these people out east are like super emotional. Cast Joe, very emotionally charged people, and so when shit like this happens, oh man, it's fucking like post after post. Like it was just oh my god. Part of the reason part of the reason why I'm glad I'm not on Facebook very often because it was total anarchy and combating I, I fire Joe, with fire. It's like, but you're dealing with an addict. Like, that is not the way to engage a constructive dialogue because it's not about him anymore. It's about reaffirming to the people who are in the community who saw this shit, uh, being like, you know, shit happens. We're, we're dealing with it in, in, internally. You can't be rational you with irrational people. It's I not going to work. You're wasting your yeah. energy and your time. Because you probably have instances, too, where you, you have that, that – dynamic that that two-part thing where if an employee does something bad or makes a mistake the manager can either call them into the office sit them down and have a chat with them or he can yell at them in front of all the customers at the cashier line and berate him and belittle him so i don't know if you've experienced both those worlds i have in 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 very weird instances but proud to say i have not been the individual that berates someone in front of others because i'm pretty i wouldn't imagine healed for the most part but yes but i'm sure you've witnessed it uh yes not like this crazy not like this crazy rant or about but i've seen the store manager you know be a little tempered when they shouldn't have yeah, in front of in front yes. of like customers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of the parallel that I draw. It's just it's so dysfunctional. It's so so messy right now. So anyway, that was that was the moment they started instituting. Well, you have to take you have to take like spiritual formation classes or something like that, which are taught by people who are not teachers or professors. They're just they're also part time ministers who just know nothing about theological discourse and they're teaching courses on theology as a prerequisite to have a lot of really actually really good candidates they were surfing the web a little box popped up first name last name email address and phone number boom you are now qualified to teach this class they they don't even have a fake license (laughs) it's literally just them kind of and uh nicole she part of the reason why i hear about this a lot is because nicole the sister Nicole is in this program as well. And she sent me the syllabus. And I don't know if you've ever seen like a college course syllabus. I've been to college. So yeah, I've seen the syllabus. Obviously, <laughs> you, I, I feel like even high schoolers know what a, a syllabus yeah, should be. Exactly. This, I have never, this was madness. It was like weird paragraphs, weird formatting, it, words all over the place, incomplete sentences, punctuation issues, like, and literally, this is the syllabus, no, or a, the syllabus, the the outline for right. the course for the next however many weeks, and and then they're saying you, you have to read something like twelve books over the course of like eight weeks or something. 
these are all these are all people who are either full-time students or full-time employed people and they're treating it like a like you're going to an online college uh well i don't i don't know if even online colleges are that intense but treating them like they have to do the work of a legit college um as a full-time student and then write these thesis papers which i guarantee you they're not reading these these instructors are not reading they're just having them do it so that they can say that they've done it it's it, it is just the most bewildering thing i feel as though my you, you've gotten my blood pressure up I, all this stuff i'm happy yeah there's moments there's your ranting ricks there's moments there's where i, I want to interject and ask a, ask a question but i tell myself no just let him let him keep going let him keep going that's good man it's, <laughs> so anyway that's it is what it is i'm i'm working with joe to try and do the simulcast thing because our church is doing so much better than than really any other pcc uh church in our in our jurisdiction so the the least i can do is just so of the so of all the individuals who are on the i don't know what you call it the board or between you sister nicole joe uh, presiding bishop, who are the other individuals that are the center of the church? How many are there, including well, yourselves? See, it's weird because there's it's two. There's the official stuff, which is the council of bishops. So I think there's twelve or thirteen bishops, and we had just or we've ordained probably about six of them in the past year. So. We pretty much doubled the ranks of bishops, where it's becoming kind of an irrelevant title for somebody to have. Um, right, bishop, it's like bishop, going into bishop, a store and there's you know six managers and three employees. Like <laughs> right. when I went yes. to like when I went to Aldi Alhambra, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why are there <laughs> why are there like four everyone's store, a manager? It's like a store manager, four <laughs> store managers in training, and then two shift managers, including myself. Like, what is going on here? it is totally like that it is absolutely like that and a lot of it too unfortunately not i wouldn't i wouldn't even say a majority but i'd say four or five of them became bishops out of ego they wanted to have an important title but they had money and were willing to donate to the right to cass's to cass's whatever fund that he's doing with uh yeah and so yeah it's it's this weird dynamic but then there are people who actually like there's only a handful of people, basically, who can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm one of them. Sister Nicole, I don't know. I mean, probably more so than, than most other people. But Joe and I are basically the two people. And Robert Chung, who's out, uh, he's a bishop who's out in uh, uh, L.A., actually. He's in, he's in Cali. Uh, he, does, he does finance for the Vatican. And so, like, between the... But he's a very mild-mannered individual, so he never kind of pushes back or test test the limits whereas joe and i man we we do whatever the fuck we want it doesn't matter what Cass says okay got it i was gonna ask like what does that mean but then just you just answered my question yeah joe and i joe and i are the only two with uh seminary education what about sister nicole she is in grad school for creative writing so no got it she's she's been a teacher as well so no no, I no understand seminary for her. Okay, uh, and my other question was going to be how many how how many factions are there? For example, when I was in college at ATO at Purdue University, the the house had gotten rechartered to be a dry house. I don't know when it was in the early nineties, 
And so there is a strong, like, there's no alcohol on the property or to be consumed. So there was myself and all of my other friends who we didn't give a shit. We were going to drink behind closed doors, have people over. We didn't give a fuck. And then there were... There was another group who were extremely opposed to having any alcohol and were on a crusade to get people in trouble who had (laughs) alcohol. And then there was a middle group who didn't care if there was alcohol, but they just wanted to make sure that things – they didn't didn't care if there was alcohol as long as it happened behind closed doors and things didn't get out of control. So those were the three groups that – three political factions – you know, in college, I went through. I, I went through that too, actually. When we we were dry for like one year while I was part of Fiji, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. and so how many how many factions are there at uh, at St. Joseph? What you're experiencing between what should be done, you know, Cass and his agenda, and people who you know want something to be done differently but don't really care. Or what's what are the Dynamics yeah, that's a good question. That's actually a really good question. I've never thought about that before uh, off the top of my head. So there's the St. Joseph Mission Crew, which is the strong... So in the whole PCC, I think we have we have uh, priests or bishops in... Oh, gosh. I think it's about 15 to 17 states. Um, so it's, you know, pretty pretty widely spread throughout the country. And it's very rare... To have people all get together for certain things, like ordination of bishops. When I went down to St. Louis last year, that was probably the first time that I got to meet like half of the the higher level PCC members, and still there were half of them who weren't there. But I would say that there is there's probably three factions. There is the uh, the cast sycophants, so people who just want to suck up to cast and are too scared to do anything else because. He's the he's the boss man stuff like that. You, then you have are those the uh, blind followers? Or they maybe have they want to accomplish other things, but they'll just keep sucking up. Or is it that they will kiss ass and truly believe that he is the second coming of Christ? I think I think it's the latter. I think that there's the the kiss asses uh, who make up actually I think a pretty small margin of the the community. There are not he he does not have a lot of people who. Uh, <laughs> who still respect him in the same way after just seeing the way that he, he operates and interacts with people. Then there are people who are just kind of doing their own thing, probably not even practicing minister, ministry on a, on a regular basis and just doing their jobs and will, you know, just do whatever, do whatever's asked of them as long as it's not too inconvenient. So I feel like there's, there's mm-hmm. the sycophants, there's the indifference, and then there's the St. Joseph crew where Joe, myself, Nicole uh, are just, going strong we've got uh joe's partner daryl as well uh who helps and a bunch of other people it's like a super strong it it's if we had a church building tomorrow we'd be able to make it work like the organization within saint joseph looks nothing like the organization within the wider pcc um so we're kind of our own little world and joe and i are on the same page about cast he he has no qualms, but he's he's a politician though, so he understands <laughs> it's important to go along to get along. Don't press your luck when you don't have to. Save it for the right moment, and so that's kind of he he tempers me quite a bit because I I have unleashed my my verbal fury on the whole situation as well, and and he gets it. But 
I think we're all we're all kind of content to progress the St. Joseph thing, and that's probably going to be the cornerstone after the next election um, when when Cass leaves. Oh, so he's for sure leaving. He said that he's not going to run for re-election for presiding bishop. Whether or not that actually comes through, because I guarantee you some of those sick fans are going to say, no one else can do what you're doing. Right. You built all of this, blah, 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 blah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I was asking those questions because I was just trying to do some planning in my head on your behalf to create an exit strategy to see what are where do people stand. If you, if you were to just start your own thing tomorrow, how many people would follow you? How many people would you have to convince? But I didn't know that he did not plan on uh, running for re-election, so hang in yeah. there. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what it comes down to. It's, but I, you know, after he had said that he was going to step down immediately and and just resign, um, I was like, at first, I was just like, oh man, wow, that that'd be really abrupt. But then, like five minutes later, I'm thinking to myself, that's great. There's so much opportunity and hope. And then he retracts that later, and all of this energy and excitement that I had, the joy in my heart that we wouldn't be ruled by a dictator <laughs> for much longer was uh, just totally deflated. It was just one of those balloons that Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was actually kind of interesting too because after, after he'd done that, I was just like, fuck this dude. I mean, truly, <laughs> just... <sighs> Johnny Johnny Appleseed had one purpose in life, and that was to go around spreading those apple seeds all over the ground. Some trees would grow, some wouldn't. He wasn't in charge of gardening those trees. He just, he, you know, Johnny Appleseed, he had one purpose, and that's kind of how I, I view Cass. It's like, he is, he is overstaying his welcome far too long, but he has no, he is, um, he is one of the least introspective people that I've ever met. And I've been in Gamblers Anonymous for five years now. He reminds me of some of the most stubborn and arrogant individuals that I've ever had to deal with because you don't, he doesn't listen. He doesn't. Dude, like, the fact, bringing this full circle, the fact that he refuses to use any other platform of communication other than Facebook says it all. You don't need you don't need to say anything else about that type of individual. That's all you need to tell me, and I will understand everything. And then any other examples that you provide, I will find to be true and one hundred percent building believable. building blocks to the the chaos the chaos tower that I feel as though uh, I'm living in right now. But what was funny, and I'll I'll just say this as kind of a last thing on my on my part is that during this whole Franciscan meeting, I think that was Monday, too, um, this past Monday, like, the last Monday, and, you know, when when I talk to you or when I'm on a video chat or whatever, I have facial expressions. I'm like, you know, I'll smile and stuff like yes. that. Fucking stoic as shit. I was, I, I don't think I smiled once toward, uh, for the first, like, 40 minutes of the meeting, or I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> And at one point, Cass calls me out. He's like, Ricks, what's going on with you? I'm not seeing you smile at all. And my response, I unmuted myself really quick. I said, I'm just listening intently. And that was it. And that, that's pretty much all I said. I was just like, I'm so fucking sick of this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend 
I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm going to, I'll do whatever it is, but I'm not going to act like I'm like jovial ricks around you because I just can't stand your face. Um, in <laughs> like, not, not as a person. And that's the thing too. I want to make clear, not as a person. If he was just a regular priest in here, yeah, he'd be annoying to have to deal with, but he's still, I think he's got a good heart. He just doesn't know how to lead. Um, but it's the fact that he's it, in a position of such power and leadership that magnifies the flaws or less than ideal qualities. Whereas if he was the exact same person who he is right now in something a lot smaller, it would just be kind of annoying. But this, because he's at such a focal point, everything's magnified and just extremely uh, intolerable. That That is perfectly said. <laughs> perfectly said. You could you could you could sketch that into the wall right there. Yeah, I love how anytime you describe something, you're describing, you're describing, and then it comes to a point where you're at a loss of words and you don't know what else to say. And then I just come in and and, uh, and sum it all up you, you for you. Summarize, make it succinct. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I got you. That's why I got you on uh, speed dial, man. Yeah, I, I never um, know what to say sometimes. That's how I feel sometimes at these. Well, that's how I feel all the time at the manager meetings, uh, but it's not necessarily stoicism out of a place of frustration. It's more so stoicism out of just, this is so fucking boring. And uh, talking about PCR audits and a whole bunch of other shit that are technical things with how a company is run. And I'm just like, I do, I've said this to you so many times before, but it's amazing at just the level of apathy one can experience when they just truly do not give a shit about what it is that we're talking about. And it's like, what is going on? And, and you think to yourself, I can't believe people actually have to be engaged. Like, this is their full-time – I mean, it's my full-time job, but – the level at which I have to pay attention to these metrics is less than what a store manager or a regional manager would have to pay attention to, you know? And it's just yeah. like, wow. I don't know. Is Does everybody start out like me and then they just say yes and drink the Kool-Aid and go with the flow? Or are there only a few people out there who just really cannot stand being an employee? Because I was having my... Uh, <laughs> My review yesterday, my annual review, my first oh, review. Oh, your annual review. So, oh, congratulations. So it's funny because the store manager calls me in, and I have no problem with him. I've told you before, him and the other assistant manager have these weird, you know, idiosyncrasies. But as individuals, they're perfectly fine. Wait, wait, wait. With, these, are, these are the two that are they're speaking over the loud phone yes, and stuff like that? yeah. So okay, I'm talking okay. to, I'm I just talking wanted to, to clarify. Yeah, so I'm, t I'm in the office yesterday with the store manager, <laughs> and he's doing my annual review, and I've done this for the people that I'm in charge of. So I know every this document is the exact same. I know everything that there is to know about it, and I could tell – I don't know if he was nervous, but he, he – I don't know if he was – it seemed he it was a little off like maybe he didn't know how I would react because this is a five this is us on a scale of five and there's five sections that you can be rated from one to five and then there's the overall score of the five sections mm -hmm. so on these reviews and I've 
we've talked about it in a meeting once before or something like that. Now, the way to go about it is typically a three is where you start and you get a four if you are just really, really above and beyond. Because most of the time on a five-point scale, people sit back where the four is the standard, you know, the three is substandard. People don't really get one or two unless there's a specific instance in the five is above and beyond where they scale it back. So they're trying to say like, hey, remember, a five is just a superstar, which nobody should really get unless it's in one area, like like hardcore superstar. Three is average and a four is above average. So it should be between three and four and maybe someone should get a five in an area. And when I'm filling them out, when I started uh, a couple months ago, they said to me, hey – we're changing things because this has to do with people's pay increases. The four is the new average. The five is going to be your above and beyond. So most of my scores for all the employees are typically between four and five is just what I've Mm -hmm. done. And the way when it gets submitted, the store manager looks at it and then it comes back to me to be submitted again. So I submit it for his approval. He looks it over. He, approves it and then i hit the final approval after going going over it with the employee Mm -hmm. so i see right away on the screen it's like three and a half for everything and he is like i had you at all i had you at all fours but when i submitted it to my boss he said he's like i don't even think you know my boss which i don't um he's like oh this person because they've only with the company for a year you know they have to be at three and a half blah 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 (laughs) which what so pretty much what the guy said, to my understanding, is if you've been working here for a year, regardless of whatever your work ethic or experience is like, you know, you should just be at three and a half across the board. There shouldn't be any fours. And the store manager was like, and I was kind of upset because it makes me feel like my boss is second guessing my um, my scores and I work with you every day and he's never even met you. And so he's telling me <laughs> it's funny because. And I don't care what the score is, really. The, you know, you can give me all twos or one. I don't care. It's like when you're in middle school or when you're in elementary school and it's like, oh, you were running in the playground. I'm going to write you a pink slip. Bro, the pink slip doesn't oh, mean shit to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't care. So, but the fact that I was sitting there and he was he's like, yeah, you know, there's communication. So under communication, this means that, that means this. And I'm like, dude. I write the same thing for other employees. I know exactly what each of these subcategories means. I'm aware of the scoring system. So I was in there for like 25 minutes talking with him. And this easily could have been – with the conversations I have with people, is like less than five minutes. There's no reason to exaggerate anything unless there's a specified reason. And I'm sitting there like, why? Why? Why are we talking about this? This is so dumb. And then I realized, you know what? I could say something and try and cut the meeting short. But at the same time, right now, it's so I'm so bored. There's nothing for me to do. But sitting in this office is going to take up time. So I guess I'll just <laughs> listen to the rest of uh, what he has to say. Yeah. But it reminded me of what you were saying just during the meeting, just the stoicism. And that's how I feel about anything and everything that is spoken to me in regards to technical metrics for 
the company. It's just like, dude. You just zone out. I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. See, you know, I, gosh, this is, this is really bringing to mind, though, some, uh, some personality, like, quirks, I think, that I'm just thinking about myself. When you're talking about your, your stoic face and your stoicism, thinking about my stoicism, the way, it's really weird. And it, it, I feel like I've mentioned this to you before in the past. But it's one of those things where, for me, I'm always a reflection of the person who I'm talking to. Like, my the way that my personality comes across is kind of... With you, it's different. It's kind of, I just am who I am. But with people who I work with on a professional basis, I respond to them almost in equal whatever, unless I just don't like them, and then I just shut off. And there's no emotion. Because... You know, some people need encouragement. Some people need to be serious. Some people need all these different things. But I'm constantly assessing and reassessing the environment, and my personality will change based off of that. So I could, I could very easily go from a, a zero to a twenty if the environment right. kind of goes that way. You're I just, just trying I just, to match people's personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I sense you're more of a, a honey badger, don't give a fuck kind of person. Well, Where? it's funny you say that because in my in my head I'm thinking all of this, but while we're sitting down, I'm trying to be somewhat because I don't have a problem with him. I don't have like so I don't want him to think that I don't like him or anything because I think he was yes. nervous that I was going to flip out or say something about the low score, which I don't care about. But I was sitting there pretty quiet but then everyone just every so often just saying like oh yeah okay uh -huh. so i did the minimal amount to look engaged but in my head i was just completely brain dead and didn't care about any of it but <laughs> yes. uh yeah because he it was more so just the 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 thing as an how would you say it's rather just like the overall thing rather than like a problem with an individual i had no problem with the individual so i was still kind of engaging a little bit but as far as the information it was just it didn't matter who gave me the information i'm just not paying attention yeah <sighs> but yeah but uh dude things are getting interesting i'm just gonna say that in what way things are getting interesting i i said that intentionally Knowing that I wasn't going to say anything else, I'll follow. You're going to wow. follow that up in a few weeks. Wow. Give me one month of, and of follow it up. Wow. Well, I'm excited to to see what kind of evolves. I can't wait to tell you what's going to evolve. It's going to be awesome. I was going to say, I feel uh, I feel bad for California, along with uh, Florida and Texas, man, with your with your issues with COVID. You're uh, you're you're struggling right now. Illinois, staying flat. We're staying. We're staying below that five percent increase thing. We're we're doing good. We're one of the only, I think, like ten states right now that are staying steady. But it's like everywhere else, just people are going to bars and shit. Just blows my mind. The Google app I love because I just see a few little quick headlines. Sometimes it's things that are just stupid, and sometimes it's things that are meaningful. And of course, there's two of them that say that. ABC and some other news network did a quick, you know, piece on where person at Runyon Canyon became livid because they were asked to put a mask on and another woman somewhere else at a grocery store in LA became livid because she refused to put a mask on, which this is happening left and right, but it's, you don't hear stories about this in the news. It's just they pop up here and there in the news, but it happens all the time where people just get 
they and I don't know I don't know if you've seen I saw a video where it looked like people were addressing their uh, Congress or something I don't know what it was but pretty much saying like we have a right to not wear so- a mask and it's like South uh, uh, South Beach Florida okay. I think or Palm Springs Palm Springs Florida it's I think crazy the, that council how, went viral yeah yeah just how emotionally I'm charged people are about the whole mask thing. So I don't know if you remember um, the comedian John Stewart who did the Daily Show. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He's great. He's so great. he's coming out he's with so a awesome. new movie right now that he's he's gone around, which is crazy because you haven't seen him in like five years or something like that. But you know, whenever he has a book or a movie, they make the they make the media tours. So here he's going out and talking to basically everyone, and so it's the first time that we've heard from John Stewart in years and years and years. And so of course everyone wants to know what his take on the whole situation, the political situation right now, especially with COVID going on. And he said something that was just so, and this is why I miss him so much. He said something to the extent of, when was it that practicing good hygiene became a political liberal issue? Like, where where are we as a country right now where washing your hands and practicing safe hygiene is now something that is a liberal issue and doing the opposite of that is a conservative issue of not practicing. Like, wh- where are we? Where are we as a world? Uh, and and that was just like, oh yeah, no, I never, I never actually thought about it that way. Where it's like, yeah, no, practicing hygiene has become such a political issue. It's crazy. I, I just don't understand at all that. That's just, it's happening. Uh, so yeah, it, it's really weird. But yeah. He's uh his new movie. I, I have to watch that at some point in time. It, apparently, it's a movie on what? What is it? It's a a movie about the underground of politics in Wisconsin. It's a, it's a fictionalized thing where they talk about how basically everyone everyone in politics, media stuff, stuff that you and I consume, it's all about people punching each other in the face mm-hmm. with you know verbal stuff and and things like that. But then underneath, yeah. it is a totally different ecosystem and that's not how they live like interacting with one another it's a totally different world but the sensationalism of conflict makes it seem as though that's the only thing that's going on so yeah i don't know i i gotta check that out but i'm uh i'm just i miss him so much he he had so many uh clarion points that he raised that i just like yeah it's not it's not even about left or right conservative liberal it's just common sense and basin, basic uh, decency. So, yeah, miss that dude. A lot of those people, John Stewart, Trevor Noah, uh, Stephen Colbert, you know, you see them on TV and they're there to make people laugh and they're funny. But due to their na- the nature of their show, you know, they're incredibly smart. Oh, people. God, yeah. You know, the they I've seen interviews uh, when they're speaking because you think of them – you know, like the Daily Show, this political show, it's there to make you laugh and everything. And so you kind of think that um, that's just how you see them as the person making jokes. And then you hear them actually voice their true concerns and they are quite intelligent and can speak in a very uh, in a very succinct, poignant manner. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. man, it, it's amazing. And I will say I'll, I'll give uh, I'll give my props to uh, Trevor Noah. As somebody who's from South Africa, moving to the U.S., like, he lived through apartheid. Like, his book was uh, Born a Crime, 
where he was born to a mixed race family and that was illegal in South Africa at the time. And so if anyone found out that he was the son of a uh, black man and a white, uh, black woman and a white man that he would be arrested and probably euthanized as a child. Like, and so he comes to the U S and it feels like we have all this superficial shit that we're talking about. It's like, it was nothing. So he has context and perspective and he's able to bring that to a sense of like, okay, proportionality. Let's think of things in relationship to the way that other countries are working right now. Like, yeah, we're in a bad situation right now and this is nuts and crazy, but it could be worse. It could always be worse. And so it's nice to hear that kind of like bring it back where it's not just about the politics. It's about context and relationship. I agree. That's a wrap on 142.